That's all right, John. I, I imagine you were sunbathing for most of the week as well, weren't you? <laughs> I Which tell you what, it was, it, an was, odd thought. it was so strange to be there with such weather. Now, listen, we are celebrating the uh, win by Wade Van Niekerk, breaking the world record in the 400 uh, metres. You've also got a bit of British Olympic fever, eh? Yeah, we've caught the bug and, and not Zika. We've, we've, um, we've definitely got the Olympic bug over the weekend. Beforehand, yeah, the Olympics were there and there were some good successes and blah, blah, blah. But suddenly there were the whole rowing thing and there were headlines like Britannia rules the waves. And then there were the cyclists, Super Brad for Bradley Wiggins and then inevitably Mo Farah who won the 10,000 metres. So mighty Mo and Mo Mentor, some of our headlines. But for goodness sake, overnight, two gymnastics golds, a gold in the golf, a gold in the tennis. That was, all of that was unthinkable eight years ago. The idea that Britain would do well in gymnastics, golf and tennis. Well, maybe the golf, but not the others. Uh, I have to say, tears are in. Lots of Brits have been blubbing, like Mo Farah, Greg Rutherford, Jessica <laughs> Ennis-Hill. Uh, did Andy Murray blub? He usually does, I'm not sure. Um, and at the moment, as things stand, and this really isn't gloating, this is surprise, this is genuine surprise, the British Olympic team is second in the medals table, second, for goodness sake, above China, with 15 golds, 16 silvers, 7 bronze, is. There used to be a rule that once you've hosted your own Olympics, you fall away and lose interest and everyone starts underperforming and that's it, you can forget about it. But we ha- we're actually technically at the moment doing better in Rio than we did in London. We're s- and nobody's even mentioning, you know, the, the weird weather in Brazil or all those empty <laughs> seats, which is so ridiculous, or the logistical chaos or the economic meltdown or the political crisis or even our own economic meltdown and political crisis. We've gone totally Olympic mad. Well, there you are. And it just shows the, it goes to show what can happen when you really get organized in your sport which you guys did I suppose this, yeah. this anti-troll unit tell us about this. this is all about I suppose hate crime yeah in particular yeah hate crime online and the idea to target internet trolls who can make I mean it's not just about you know the odd person has their life made a misery it's the fact that this can be sort of coordinated racist as well and so the UK has a new five man team of specialist police officers at Scotland Yard the so called online hate crime hub um, which is a direct answer to unfortunately one of the growth crimes and what have been called in the past inconsistent police responses in other words they've been rubbish so it's an awkward crime because the perpetrators often are anonymous and they're difficult to track but they can be tracked you know ip addresses on computers and so forth Mm. and uh, as i say victims aren't always individuals they can be whole groups of people and importantly not just moaning celebrities so they're doing something about it whether a five-man team can make a difference remains to be seen though so cowardly isn't it that whole uh, internet trolling and r2d2 shame kenny baker gone the man nobody knew was inside (laughs) Yeah, the the diminutive British actor, the little chap inside, three foot eight inches, 1.12 metres was all there was of Kenny Baker, but he made such an impression. People loved him. Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, said he loved his optimism and determination and the death of Kenny Baker is losing a lifelong friend. Famous for Time Bandits and Willow and Amadeus, but probably most of all for R2-D2. George Lucas called him a real gentleman and an incredible trooper. His own tribute might read something along the lines of... (laughs) 
But he was, a fa- by all accounts, a fabulous chap. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, given that he was born with dwarfism in 1934, Kenny was told by doctors he wouldn't live through puberty. He lived to the age of 81, very nearly 82, and all the way along defied medical wisdom. So good on him. Good on him. Nice one. Thanks very much indeed, Adam Gilchrist.